Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where you'll receive a boost of inspiration, practical advice, and tools to maximize your success and personal happiness. And that's not all. You'll also get plenty of guidance on how you can use your gifts, talents, and compassion to contribute towards making the world a better place. Be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter for a preview of what's in store and to also receive a free ebook. To sign up, simply visit www.thedreamcatch.com. Now it's my pleasure to introduce you to the host of the Dreamcatcher podcast, Celine Chinoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dreamcatcher podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. Have you ever wanted something so badly you couldn't get it off your mind? Whether it was a person, an opportunity, or a specific outcome, it consumed you. You may have done everything you could, but still weren't where you wanted to be, leaving you feeling frustrated and hopeless. According to my guest, Coot Blackson, the inner struggle that we experience is unnecessary. We can go through the uncertainties of life when we embrace the path of spiritual surrender. In this interview, he'll show us how. Coop Blackson is a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He speaks at countless events he organizes around the world, as well as outside events including YPO, Young Presidents Organization, and EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. Winner of the 2019 Unity New Thought Walden Award, Blackson is widely considered a next-generation leader in the field of personal development. During our conversation, Coot will offer deeper insight into the power of surrender and how we can apply it in our daily lives. He'll offer perspectives on accepting reality with grace and wisdom and acting from a place of conscious awareness. If you like what you heard, Please don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thanks. Hi, Coot. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Great. It is lovely to have you on the show. Your teachings are so inspiring, and I'm really excited to share your wisdom with everyone who's listening today. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, I just finished reading your book, The Magic of Surrender, and I found your journey really compelling and quite relatable. How did it feel to share your story with the world? Wow. Um, For me, I've always known I would share my story with the world. And so um, it's always an honor to be able to express, to inspire. Um, from a very young age, I've always felt a calling to serve humanity. From a very young age, I've always felt a destiny to impact people. Um, mm-hmm. As a young boy, I always felt a deep sense of empathy for people in some way. Um, there was always a part of me that felt people suffering very deeply. And so there was always a part of me that wanted to alleviate people's suffering very deeply. And I didn't know what that would look like. And so, um, I would have visions and dreams as a young boy of writing books and inspiring people. Um, My upbringing was a bit unusual, but growing up, it felt very normal. Um, My father's a healer. My father's a minister, had 300 churches. So I grew up in an environment where um, it was all about service, you know, and I would sneak into my father's bookshelf, into my father's offices, and I would read the books on his bookshelf. And these were books on spirituality and self-help and meditation and personal growth. Um, And so there was always a vision to write books and share my story. Okay. So it only felt natural to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, we have a couple of things in common. Uh, First of all, you are a third (laughs) culture kid or a global citizen like I am. And uh, you were born in Ghana, West Africa. You've lived in four continents and you are mixed race. So I'm just curious to know, uh, Coot, how has your background and your heritage influenced you as a person and your spiritual beliefs? Um, 
Yeah, my father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. Um, I grew up in London. I live in the US. Um, I spend part of my time in Mexico. Um, so I really feel like I'm a citizen of the world. I feel like I'm from everywhere and nowhere. Um, as a kid, people would ask me where I'm from. And I never felt like I was answer. From, I never felt like I was from any particular place. And so on one level, it was beautiful in that I never felt like I identified with any particular race, uh, any particular ethnicity in a certain sense. Yeah, on one level, I was partly African from Ghana, partly Japanese, partly British. But I felt like I didn't feel Japanese. I didn't feel like I was from Ghana. I didn't feel British. So the blessing was I felt like I was everything and I felt like I was nothing. And so on one level, I didn't feel like I really belonged to any particular country. Um, and on some level, that was challenging because there was always a part of me that wanted the feeling of belonging, like where am I from? Um, who do I belong to? Um, what are my roots? But on another level, it was very liberating and freeing because I didn't feel like I was limited to a particular culture. I was limited to a particular tradition. And so the blessing was I felt the ability to connect with everybody. You know, I felt the ability to connect with black, to connect with white, because at the deepest level, um, I think how it impacted me was this deep sense, this intuitive sense of knowing and sensing and feeling that really what I am is a soul more than a body. You know, my mother was totally different color from me. Yet growing up, I didn't see her as other. I didn't see her as different. I didn't see color in any way. And so for me, the focus has always been that I'm a soul. And the sense that the soul has no color or religion or passport or ethnicity, you know, and um, there's always been a sense of freedom in that and right. the ability to, to connect with different cultures and different people has been a, a real blessing. And so now going to, let's say, Bali or Thailand and feeling like I'm from there, you know, uh, going to being in the US, feeling like I'm from here, going to UK, feeling. So, so I think it has expanded. It, it, has, it, it has focused me not on the surface level differences, but more on the commonality and the humanity of what connects us at that deeper level, which is spirit, which is soul, which is consciousness. And I think essentially we are all one consciousness manifesting as a multiplicity of form and this body and this character and this um, ethnicity and, you know, one's country are just the, uh, the costume, you know, that we, and the accessories that the soul uses, the soul wears in this play of life more than anything. Mm. So you essentially turned that into a strength, which is which is amazing. But to develop that sense of awareness that you have right now, I mean, did it take you some time to get there? Because you know, we might believe that and you might believe that, but the world does not really reflect that back to us, right? They try to pigeonhole us, they try to put us in categories. Um, I don't know about you, but, you know, I encountered some people telling me, okay, no, where are you really from? Okay, I would say I'm from Dubai, but then they would look and be like, no, where are you really from? Mm. So, like, how did you interpret that, um, you know, during the course yeah, of your life? I, I, you know, I think it, more than anything, to be honest, I think it took me deeper into myself. Hmm. I think, because people, where are you from? I'm, I'm, I'm my mother's Japanese. My father's from Ghana. Well, where do you identify yourself? Well, I was born in Ghana, but I feel just as Japanese and just as Ghanaian and kind of British and, and, and now the US. And so um, it, it took me deeper into myself, which I think we all, as human beings, have to 
take that path to question, well, where where are we really from, truly? And I think it leads to a deeper question of, well, then who am I really? Am Mm. I just this body? You know, we are conditioned as humans and as a society to believe that we are just this physical body, that we are this character, that I'm Coot, I'm Susie, I'm John, I'm Jane, I'm Paul, um, that we are this limited, I should say limited, uh, ego structure. Yeah. And all of society reinforces that. Our parents reinforce, this is who you are, this is who you are, this is who you are. And from the moment we're born, we're told by society, by religion, by the school system, by media, by advertising, by social media, by family, by those around us in this matrix. This is who you are. This is who you're not. And so we get programmed and conditioned from the moment we're born. And in so many ways, we forget who we are, truly, who we truly are, what we truly are. And I think there is, uh, I don't want to say an agenda because that's a bit extreme, but there is a kind of, uh, let's call it agenda, right? To, Mm -hmm. to, To disconnect us from who we really are. Because if we don't know who we really are, if- Then you can fit into the system. They want yes, you to fit into the system, who right? We, really are. we can be yeah. controlled. Yes. We can be sold a whole bunch of, you know, products and goods like you're not enough, you're That's not true. enough, you're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough. And you're oh, just yeah. this limited thing, you're this, you're that. Then mm-hmm. you can be sold. Uh, you know, oh, you're not enough. But if you just drink this coffee or you just get this phone or you just, you know, wear this underwear or you drive this car or you have this watch or, you know, buy this thing, yeah. drink this bit, then you are finally enough. And so I think. The ultimate question, the ultimate path and purpose of life is to know who we are, truly. Yeah. Who, who am I? And, mm-hmm. you know, when we're born as children, we're born free. A child is born and it doesn't go, I'm black, I'm white, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm Indian, I'm Japanese, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a bad person, I'm a good person, I'm British. And then, you know, we, we're not identified with any of that. We are pure consciousness manifested in this body. And if you look into a child's eyes, a child is in touch with the true essence. What color is the essence? What nationality is the essence? What nationality is being? And so a child is just free. We are just pure essence, consciousness, beingness manifesting. And when we look into a child's eyes, I think that's why we all kind of melt because we are reminded of the purity of the unconditioned, you know, magnificence and essence that we are, which is just pure love, pure energy, pure spirit, pure consciousness. Yeah. So what happens? We're born, we incarnate into this human experience. We meet our parents. Our parents are conditioned. They're just doing the best that they can do based on their childhood and their programming and their conditioning and their society from a different generation. And maybe there's pain, maybe there's dysfunction, maybe there's trauma, you know, growing up. And so now we're born into a family system where there's also generational patterns, generational karma, generational biases. And so maybe dad was crazy. Maybe mom was an alcoholic. Maybe they were great people, but they just didn't know how to meet our emotional needs. So two things happen. The first thing is we start getting programmed and conditioned based on that. And so we start learning all sorts of strategies to shut down, disconnect, not feel, shut down, disconnect, not feel, suppress feeling, suppress feeling, suppress feeling. Before you know it, layers and layers and layers and layers of unfelt, unprocessed feeling kind of cover up our true light, our true magnificence, our true beingness, our true essence, our true purity. And we learn all sorts of strategies to disconnect, not feel, function, and survive as defense mechanisms. And then we learn as children a way of being, the sense of who do I need to be in order Mm -hmm. to get love, validation, and approval from mom, from dad, from those around me. We learn all sorts of strategies and contort ourselves into a kind of shape to develop a role, a mask, and a persona. And we, as we contort ourselves into becoming a personality, to becoming a person, we become nice, we become independent, we become who we think we need to be, we end up getting so conditioned and that gets reinforced by those around us to believe that's who we are. 
And the degree to which we're conditioned is the degree to which we're not free. And the degree to which we're conditioned is also the degree to which we don't have the freedom to perceive, the freedom to be authentic, the freedom to be who we really are, the freedom to make true choices, right? And we end up right. living in a limited perception and life. I'm this, I'm that, I'm not this. And so I think yeah. the true purpose of life is to question ourselves. Like, who am I? Who am I really? Who and am so, I? Yeah. And I think so much of the suffering of humanity comes through the over-identification with what we have been conditioned to believe that we are. And, yeah. and, so that's and, the and, ego, and, right? That is the ego. And that, yeah. that identification creates so much separation. You know, mm-hmm. I'm this and I'm that and you're, yeah. you're different from me. So I don't like you. And so now we're going to fight based on, you know, our separation because I have to protect myself. I have to protect my, 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 my people. I've got, because you're not my people, but these yeah. are my people. So I've got to, and, and, and I'm other than you. And the truth is at the deepest level where we are one, we are one consciousness. And what's breathing me is what's breathing you, which is breathing all of existence. And yeah, we're one. And so for me, that's always been a, a theme you know, yeah. of, of, of my life, of, of, of that quest for the question, like, who am yeah. I really? It's like yeah. if you have a water bottle, right? Yeah. Imagine if those listening, you have a water bottle and we have gotten so conditioned to believe that we are the container. That, like, here, I'm holding a cup, like I, I, I'm this pink cup and society tells us we're this pink cup. But the truth is, if you smash this water bottle or this cup, and and what would remain? There would just be space. There would just there would be just space, be correct. Un- yeah. Unconditioned, pure spaciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To me, that's yeah. what we, that's what that's what we really are, you know. And so, yeah, I have. Uh, I yeah, have you loved. actually speak about a really defining experience where you realized all of this, and you know where you actually shifted your relationship to your ego. I mean, I I just want to bring this up because I really like I like the story about you meeting with a, a guru in India. Um, you said that he was his teachings was quite pivotal in helping you change your relationship with your ego. So, can you mm. please tell us a bit about that uh, encounter, Coot, and what you learned from him? Oh wow! I, I you're reminding me of my own book. <laughs> I I spent some time with I think I think you're talking about a guy called Gangoli, and an right the one master. in Kerala. Yeah, an enlightened master, mm-hmm. and you know, in a nutshell, it was a beautiful opportunity where I spent weeks and weeks sitting with him, just talking about the nature of reality and the nature of life and the nature of who we are mm. and what we really are and essentially what is it to be free and to be free in the world and free in oneself. And so, you know, I I think when, when we understand the nature of something, it changes our relationship with something. And part of the suffering as human beings comes because of our conditioned over-identification with ourselves. And that is ego. Ego is what we have mistakenly been conditioned to believe ourselves to be. Ego is the identification with mind, body, form, you know, history, past, the belief systems, stories. And so as human beings, we believe that that's what we are. And so then we're afraid. And because the ego's job really is to reinforce its existence. And the ego's job is to protect us, to ensure that we don't get hurt again like we were hurt when we were five and seven and 10. And so on some level, when we understand the nature of what ego is, that in fact, ego isn't even real. Ego isn't a thing. This is a cup. And part it, part of the limitation is we have been conditioned to believe that ego is what we are and ego is a real thing. But ego isn't a thing. It's a process. It's a 
it's a process of identification. Like a bicycle is a thing, but the process of pedaling is not a thing. It's just a process. It's an activity. And so ego is the activity of identification. And so mm. the degree to which we believe ourselves to be this ego structure is the degree to which we end up limited and afraid and 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 often suffer. And so when we start seeing that what we have believed ourselves to be isn't necessarily a reality in a certain sense, there is a opening that happens. Yet for our perceived sense of self, the ego, it can be scary to question who am I, which is why we typically don't. Uh, It can be scary to surrender. It can be scary to let go of control. It can be scary to really question who am I because that for the ego and our perceived sense of what we believe ourselves to be is a death. Um, and, and, And that's often terrifying, which is why we don't question, which is why the ego wants to the ego wants everything and everyone else to change, but it never wants to change, which is often why we as human beings resist change and hold on so tightly to who we think we are and hold on so tightly to life as we know it as a way of protecting ourselves. And so yeah, I think when we can understand that we are not this ego. Yeah. And if we do that for too long, we inevitably um, attract experiences that will break down that ego and make us question it. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. eventually going to happen, right? Um, I think there's no way to be in this human experience and not go through difficulty and challenge and right. breakdowns and heartbreak. But it's like that, that, and- one, that one experience that did completely, you experience like a paradigm shift and you're like, it could be losing a job or a breakup that really hurts you. It just completely... Yeah, I think all of of those, the degree to which, I would say this, the degree to which we are attached, identified, addicted, holding on to our sense of ego identity is the degree to which we will suffer. And so those experiences, and then is the degree to which those experiences will be painful. Now, mm-hmm. if you're just not identified with yourself as I'm a CEO, I'm this, I'm beautiful, I'm bad, I'm not enough, then maybe those experiences won't have as impactful, devastating, you know, impact because we're not identified. But typically, as human beings, we are, which is why those those experiences tend to be devastating and painful. And as a result, transformative if we're willing to 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 go through them. Um, and opening if we're willing to go through them, you know, yeah. and, and and freeing if we're willing Absolutely. to allow that process. Yeah. Yeah. And you say that one of the solution to that is the act of surrendering. But before we get into the nitty gritty of surrendering, could you first tell us, a lot of people will hear the word surrendering and those are not familiar with it, with what it means in a spiritual context. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they could mix it up with giving up. So can you tell us how it is different from giving up, you know? Yeah. Um, I would say that just to set the context in our culture, we have this misconception that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender is giving up, that surrender means waving the white flag, that if you surrender, you're going to be a doormat, you're going to be left behind, you're going to be a victim, that if you surrender you're not going to manifest your goals, dreams, or desires. In fact, you're going to get less. And I'm actually saying, no, if you understand the real essence of surrender, like what if you didn't get less, but you got more, like more more than you could have planned and visualized and intended and willpowered yourself to manifest and create? Maybe not what you expected, but what if you got more? What if it was better? What if it was beyond what you could have imagined with the, from the limited perspective of your ego's capacity because the ego is conditioned the ego doesn't see the infinite possibilities and so just to sort of define surrender is to let go of control or i should say the illusion of control 
because in so many ways we think we're in control, but we're really not. And so surrender and control is like a master addiction. And so surrender is to let go of this illusion of control. Ego always wants to be in control because control is a strategy that we think if we're in control, we're not going to get hurt again, right? And and so letting go of control, surrender is letting go of trying to force life to fit our limited idea into our limited idea. Surrender is letting go of who we think we should be, how we think life should be, so we can be open, available, receptive, allow life to lead us, um, taking the limitations off of life. It's a curiosity. It's an, uh, it's an availability. And so it's not a giving up, you know, it, it, it's not a, it, it, it's, it's a letting go of what's not working. It's a letting go of what's not aligned. It's a letting go. It's not sitting on the couch and doing nothing and just saying, I'm giving up. You know, it might mean realizing that if you're in love, you know, if you're someone who you're in a relationship and the relationship is difficult and you might feel like throwing in the towel, but deep down you love this person, you love each other and you feel a deep soul connection. It might mean digging deeper and making a deeper commitment to heal yourself so that you can work through the mental, psychological, emotional block so that you can take the relationship to another level. It might mean, you know, it doesn't mean sitting on the couch and eating potato chips and just throwing your arms up. It might mean if you feel something calling you, a calling in your heart that you've been resisting, that you've been afraid of to stand for a cause, it might mean that you get off of your ass and go outside and protest or, you know, speak the voice, speak the message that you've been guided to speak, even though it's challenging. It doesn't, it, it means doing what you're truly guided, what your soul is guided, guiding you to do. For me, surrender is a surrendering to your deepest truth, a surrendering to your deep soul guidance, a surrendering and a trusting and allowing and a following what is truly moving you. But Coot, for that to work, you have to be tuned into your interior world. You got to have some kind of practice mm-hmm. to be able to know what's happening and to be able to listen to your intuition, right? I think because let's face it, a lot of people are just disconnected. Yeah. in today's Look, world, right? I mean, they're for sure so because overstimulated. Be- so, what would you say? to those people who don't really have that connection with themselves? Like what are some of the things they can start doing to really start tuning in and really listening to that voice, as you say? There's several things. Number one, yes, we are so saturated and stimulated with technology and distractions. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say the agenda agenda is to distract you because if you can be distracted, you can be disconnected. If you're disconnected Mm -hmm. from who you are, you can be sold a bunch of stuff that you really don't need to keep you distracted in this matrix called life, right? And so there is an investment in you not knowing who you are, in you not being free. And so there is a... I don't say a war uh, for your attention. And, and, and so we're so distracted uh, that we don't, it's like we're so distracted with external stuff that we're not in touch with who we are. We're not in touch with what we feel. We're not in touch with our truth because we're more into Instagram and TikTok and social yeah. media and Pinterest. And so nothing wrong with that. It just doesn't, yeah. um, there's just consequences. And part of the consequences is we're not in touch with our truth and we're not able to surrender to what we really feel. We're not able to tune into the guidance. And so on a technical level, I would just say, begin to take control of your attention and unplug yourself from so much externalized addiction to stuff out here, stimulus out here, TV stuff, entertainment stuff, so that you can Go inside more, listen more, sit in stillness more, create the spaces and times in your life to just sit in stillness. The challenge is this. As human beings, many times, because we've been conditioned, we actually don't want to sit in stillness and listen because we're afraid that if we sit in stillness and actually listen, we might 
Pure the actually truth. get in touch with the truth. Yeah. And so part of our constant busyness, uh, going here, going here, what are you doing? Sometimes we're so busy, we don't even know what we're doing. Part of that constant busyness is, again, the ego strategy to reinforce its existence and the ego strategy to protect us from feeling the pain that we felt back then. And, and so we distract ourselves with busyness so that we don't have to feel the truth because if we don't feel the truth, then we don't have to like do anything about it. Like for and so, so I think one of the things as human beings that keeps us stuck the most are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. In so many ways, because of some of the things I shared about childhood and conditioning, consciously or unconsciously, we lie to ourselves. We're constantly lying to ourselves to preserve our own sense of identity. It's a self-preservation mechanism. We like we stay in relationships that we 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 know deep down this relationship is not aligned. I'm no longer in love. It's not right, but status, society, safety, comfort, familiarity, uh, what will my family say? We've invested so much. We stay in a relationship that we know is not aligned. We work jobs that we know are completely not aligned with our purpose and why we're here for safety, security, comfort. And so I think to begin truly shifting, we have to be willing to start telling ourselves the truth. The truth. To me, the truth will set us free. So I would invite people to ask, sit and ask themselves a few questions. Number one, what lies am I telling myself? Just start. What, lie, what lies am I telling myself? And just be willing to, to, to start getting really real and raw and honest with yourself because there is no freedom. There is no happiness, joy, fulfillment without truth. To me, you have to want the truth more than you want what you have, and you have to want the truth more than more than what you think you want. And so truth for me is real spiritual practice. Truth for me is real yoga. Truth for me is real therapy. So if we could just start by telling ourselves the truth about what, what do I really feel? What's really going on? What do I really want? Now, sometimes we don't tell ourselves the truth because we're afraid of the consequences. And so I would just invite people, take, take the pressure off of yourself of having to even take any action. Because sometimes the fear of, oh, shit, what will happen if I start telling the truth creates, again, an ego self-preservation mechanism where we start playing this game of like, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm confused, when deep down we really know what's going on. We know, we, there's a part of us that knows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. True. There's so a know. part of us that knows yeah. what's true because at yeah. the deepest level. Yeah. We know. And so yeah. if people could just ask themselves, what lies am I telling myself? And then just take the pressure off and just acknowledge the truth. I'm not in love anymore. It might, it's scary because what, what does that mean? You don't have to break up. You don't have to divorce, but just feel and sit in the truth. I hate my job. You don't have to leave, but just sit because just sitting in the truth starts a process and it starts marinating. It gets it gets internal resources working. And then be willing, this is the other thing, be willing to feel and sit with the pain. To actually feel and sit with the pain of the lies that we have been telling ourselves. One of the things that allows us to keep living the lie, often consciously or unconsciously, are because we keep distracting ourselves. As human beings, we feel pain. And rather than just sitting with it and acknowledging it, to me, pain is a blessing. Pain is a gift. Pain is feedback. Pain is a mirror. Pain is our friend. The issue yeah. is not the pain. The issue is we just ignore the pain. We drink it away, sex it away, drug it away, porn it away, smoke it away, social media away, work it away, just so we don't deal with the pain. So we stay stuck in the cycle unconsciously numbing ourselves. But, the, but if we are lying to ourselves, pain is a natural response. Pain is a signal that we are actually not in alignment. So to me, pain is a signal that we're healthy because if we're lying to ourselves and we feel amazing, something's wrong. The challenge is we, we often don't listen to the message. Yeah, <laughs> you're crazy. You know, so we often don't listen to the message of this pain. So I yeah. think if we can just not distract ourselves, be yeah. with the pain and ask ourselves, what is this pain telling me? What is this pain showing? Me? What is the message of this pain? And mm -hmm. use that to begin course correcting. We can begin to bring ourselves back on back back in alignment, back on the path. Mm -hmm. And does it help to have a support system, like having a coach or a 
or a therapist or just some supportive friends and family members because you know this oh, sure i mean of course initially you got to process the feelings on your own and really sit with the pain as you said but to actually um you know climb out of that and to find the strength to move through it i mean that's what helped me um you know in my life having that support system yeah i think for sure having a a community having 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 a yes a coach therapist guy teacher because many times the eyeball can't see itself and so often we will bs ourselves and rationalize why we're doing what we're doing and convince ourselves that what we're doing which is not really aligned has a reason and a benefit and then we we'll actually believe ourselves and it's just ego self preservation strategy so so often a guy who is either not invested or more elevated than us can 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 keep us real having a community where we can't get away with our bs and and they love us in a certain way that they're willing to remind us of who we really are having real authentic friends to me re having real authentic friends that see who we really are they 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 see who you are beyond your bs and beyond your conditioning and beyond your fears they see your magnificence they see your true essence they see your light they see your purity they see your wholeness they see your perfection they see you they know you and they see your 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 you know your patterns on the surface but they see you so that when you're with that friend even when you've forgotten who you are when you want to give up when you want to kind of go back into your patterns they mirror to you they remind you of who you are so that when you're in relation with them not only can you not get away with your stuff and your patterns and fears but they reflect to you your greatness so that in their eyes you're reminded of who you are i think that's important the challenge is because of our own ego identification what we tend to do as human beings often unconsciously is we select coaches and teachers gurus and guides that tend to reinforce or align with our current identity and our current belief system and so we will find teachers that align with our current belief system and identity to reinforce our belief system and identity but a true teacher and a true guru a true coach a true therapist is not there to reinforce your egos identity but to free you from it and mm. i think if we want to be free we should actually do our best to seek out teachers guides and friends that don't just reinforce and pacify our identity make us feel good in terms of what we already believe but cause us to stretch and expand beyond it because because that's where the freedom is so some coaches or therapists or guides or teachers or gurus you may not always like in the moment because they're going to challenge you you may not always like it you know in the moment because they're going to cause you to question yourself which yeah like a personal trainer all, like a personal yeah, trainer in a gym right it's not always comfortable in the moment yeah. and so that can feel like a death right and and, and yeah. so find those not just not just friends and teachers that make you feel comfortable that's what oh, i'm saying yeah. but yes having that support i think is also a really important piece of the pie. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good advice, good. Very good advice. Um and you say that a vital part of surrendering is letting go of control of a specific situation, but mm. don't we have to have a certain degree of control in a when when we're for instance when we're chasing a goal, don't we have to be clear about where we're going and take certain steps? Like how do we know the difference between over controlling and you know just trying to influence the situation so that it goes in a positive direction so i'm going to answer the question i will do my best to answer the question from different angles has there ever been a time where you really wanted something i'm going to ask 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 a question of you but also everybody has there ever been a time where in the past you were you fell in love with someone you thought this person was the one and you really wanted to be with them yes or no 
I, I know I have. I mean, you know, there's times I fell in love. And, oh, she's the one. Oh, my God. I, you know, we're going to yeah. be together. My soulmate. I couldn't imagine not being with this person. Especially when you're younger and you don't. Especially, exa- especially yeah, when, you're, when younger. you're younger, right? Yeah. And, 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 and now maybe today you look back and go, what the hell was I thinking? What, 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 what the, I thank God that didn't happen. Dodge that moment, bullet. Like, like in this, you know, in the moment, you couldn't see that. In this moment, yeah. you look back in like grace and you did everything you could in that moment to influence it. You were clear that you wanted this person. You were clear that you wanted to be with this person and you did everything you could, but it doesn't mean it was aligned. Doesn't mean it was right. Doesn't mean it was for your highest ultimate good. Are you with me? So for me, what I would say, I will answer it from different questions. <clears throat> the old ego-based model of living and creating is an is is a limited paradigm. The question that we're taught to ask in this model is: you got to get clear what you want. Got to know what you want. Got to have goals. Nothing wrong with goals. Got to write those goals down. And make those goals happen and make a plan and influence and go do it. It's great. I'm not saying that pathway, that methodology doesn't work, doesn't have a place, um, doesn't have the time, isn't important in a certain sense. But the over attachment to that way of operating can be very limiting and mm-hmm. to a degree leads to it can lead to a limited life. And in so many ways, we end up limiting our lives with our goals because often when we ask, like there might be moments where you set a goal, you achieve the goal, or you got what you thought you wanted, what you thought you wanted, only to realize that what you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted. It's just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. And if we're not in touch with who we truly are, then what we think we want is not going to be what we really, really want. It's just going to be what we think we want. And so many times, if we're not truly clear and conscious, depending on the level of our consciousness and evolution in a given moment, our goals can sometimes be a projection of unmet needs from childhood. Dad wasn't around. I wasn't loved. I wasn't valued. Didn't feel amazing. Didn't feel this. So if I can just be famous, win an Oscar, you know, be on TV, get that Lamborghini, then I'm going to finally be enough. And so when our goals arise from ego, they're limiting and will never truly fulfill us. So for me, my invitation is that we ask a different question. I'm not saying don't go for these things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having any of that. But what yeah. I'm saying is I think it's important that we start from a deeper foundation, which is knowing Sure, so have the right are. intention. And the right Actually asking ourselves a different question. And for me, yeah. the question. And I think as a humanity, the last couple of years have been initiating us and shifting us from an ego-based model and way of living and setting goals and functioning in life to a much more soul-aligned way of living in alignment with nature, the universe, our soul. So for me, the question I invite people to ask is not just, what do I want? But actually, first asking, well, what is it that life? What is it that the universe? What is it that the divine? What is it that this innate intelligence? What is, what is the deepest impulse of what life is seeking to express through me? What is, mm. what is life? What is the universe? Yeah. What, what is life seeking to manifest through me, create through me, speak through me, business through me, you know, and, and open to that open to that deeper inspiration of what's authentic. And when we then create the space to to be still, to listen to the deeper inspiration, which is arising from a deeper level than the conditioned mind, because whatever we create from the level of the mind is limited. So when 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 we're catching a deeper vision from our soul, then when we feel the authenticity of this is what I really want, really want, or this is what really wants me, then then you can, once you get the clarity of what that is, then you can align your thinking and your strategy and your goal setting and your visioning and your you know planning in alignment with what's true, with what's authentic versus just what you think you want. As an example, the Magic of Surrender book was not the book I wanted to write. The Magic oh, really? of Surrender book okay. was not the book I planned to write. In fact, I sat down with a very clever piece of, you know, with a piece of paper. 
in a very clever plan, strategizing all sorts of ideas of books I thought would be New York Times bestsellers, books I thought would, you know, get get me on the Oprah Book Club, books I thought my audience would want, books I thought my publishers would want. And I had an entire whiteboard full of amazing ideas, but none of those felt authentic. Hmm. None of those. And how did you know that? What did you feel inside? Because I didn't feel... I didn't feel it was true. They were great ideas. Maybe I'll write, maybe I'll write them one day, but yeah. I couldn't look you in the eyes and say, this is what I meant to write. This is what's true. It was a clever, intelligent plan. None mm-hmm. of those felt like, yes, on yeah. paper, they Got look it. good, but none of those truly lit my soul on fire. Mm. I could lie to myself, but it's it, the feeling, the true. See, it's like if 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 you're in a relationship with someone, you're like, well, this person is good, and they match everything in the criteria. But I don't feel. But like something's missing, right? The, yeah, I, the, get I don't feel the soul connection. You don't feel the. Yeah, I mm-hmm. could be with them because they're nice, but I don't feel yeah, like they're, they're great on paper. But great on paper, they match my but, criteria, but the spiritual yeah. whatever isn't there, and so yeah, the only word that stood out for me on this whiteboard was the word surrender. Mm. And I said to myself, oh shit, that this, this is, this is the thing. And I didn't know I was going to write the surrender book, but I thought this is, this is, this is the direction. And I felt in that moment that this was the book that was seeking to be written. And the book had a soul of its own. And when I just, when I opened, when I opened myself to that, Mm. It felt true. It was scary. I resisted. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it, but I couldn't deny that this felt true. It's like, oh mm-hmm. shit, this, this, yeah, this, this is where the energy is moving. And so I had to surrender to the book about surrender and not resist it. Now, what many of us do, we live like we resist that truth. We resist that 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 impulse so i could have written a book about manifestation or purpose or something else maybe it would have been good but it wouldn't have been aligned and i think when you bring yourself in alignment with the flow the divine flow when you bring yourself in alignment with that highest intention of life then you're in true flow then nature supports you because nature supports the fulfillment and manifestation of itself and i think that's where the magic is and so to me, the key is when you when you catch that flow, when you feel that authentic impulse, then you go into action. Then you go into planning, but you're planning around what's true. But then the key is, yeah, and you might work harder than you've ever worked. So people, for people that think, ah, oh, surrender, you sit around and do nothing. You might work harder than you ever worked. Jesus worked hard. Buddha worked hard. Mother Teresa worked hard. You know, Mandela worked hard. Uh, Martin Luther King, they worked hard, but they were in alignment with what's true. Then as you go into action, and here's where a lot of people get uh, sidetracked. When you go into action, you give 100% of what you have to the task, to the goal, for the manifestation of vision. But it's important that we let go of the attachment to the outcome. We let go of the attachment to the result. Because now when we get so attached to, it's got to be this outcome. It's got to be this goal that that I've caught the vision for. We are also now limiting life, limiting its manifestation, thinking it's got to be this. And so I think what's important is, is you move to the, to the, you move into action from an openness of your heart, an availability of allowing life to show you, allowing life yeah. to lead you. Because sometimes the goal yeah. that we think is the goal is not the goal. The goal that we think is the goal is really the necessary puzzle piece or carrot stick that moves right. us and in the direction. That's why you say that, you know, in the book, you take the pressure off everyone. You say in the grand scheme of things, you really can't make a mistake. You know, and you, you say you don't really need to stress out about the decision or or outcome because eventually it's going to lead you to where you need to go. And I thought that was that was really profound. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the journey, the goal will take you. See, every goal is evolutionary, and the goal will take you on a journey. The goal will take you on a journey of growth 
of learning and evolution. And it's less about that goal manifesting, but it's more about who you become in the process of the pursuit of that goal. And so when you move in the direction of that goal, you evolve, you develop the mental, emotional, spiritual, psychological capacity to become more. And so if you didn't go on that journey, you wouldn't have evolved. If you didn't evolve, you wouldn't be ready for the next level. And so sometimes it's not even the goal that's important. It's, it's, it's the evolution because the evolution you learn prepares you for the next level of your mission. And the next level Absolutely. of vision. And that and that's what's important. Look at Nelson Mandela, 27 years in prison. Yes. Was that a failure? Did he waste time? Or was that a necessary incubation period to yeah. ripen him, to develop him, so that he could cultivate the mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual depth to be able to fulfill his vision? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I so get that on a visceral level. And I hope everyone else does. I mean, that's, that's so true. So it's about the journey, not the destination. It's about the journey. It's about the evolution. It's about the evolution. It's about, the path. It's about who we become. It's about Absolutely. who we become. You know, yeah. and I think as, as a society, we have tended to define success based on the attainment of the relationship, the marriage, the you know, the bank account, the fulfillment of the material goal. And to me, ultimately, we are souls and we incarnate into this human experience. Yeah, Yeah, and if we don't get it, we're dissatisfied. You know, that's when we... Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when we get disappointed. That's when we uh, try to find unhealthy things to fill out the void or the dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. that we didn't actually get what we Mm -hmm. had in our our minds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Kud, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us during the short time that we had here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. And for anyone interested in Kud's book, The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go, uh, you can find it in all major bookstores and on Kud's website, kudblackson.com. All right, Kud, you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.